ownership is being stripped from Americans at a rapid pace. And it is. The elite, the pigs, the fat pigs, the sloppy pigs at the top are getting fatter and fatter. They're not smarter than me and you. So what gives them so much money and power? They understand the rules to the game that no one else knows there's even rules for. They don't understand there's rules to this game. And it comes down to something that's actually pretty simple, and it's ownership. Americans are being stripped of their ability to have ownership in anything. You notice how prices are getting more expensive on everything? Inflation seems to have jumped at a rapid pace, something that's really unsustainable. Ownership is becoming something that's very elusive. Do you know who the largest home buyer in the world is right now? Vanguard. BlackRock. It's same thing. It's all relative. The reason why uh, is because that average Americans are not taking ownership of the corner stores. They're not taking ownership of the communities that we once had a big grip on. As that's being stripped away, so is your ability to really have any kind of real influence in the world. Right now, small entrepreneurship still holds the key. But when you think about the next generation of children that are replacing our grandfather's shoes, they don't come with the same disciplines, work ethics, and mindsets that our grandfathers did. And so in replacement of that is a desensitized culture that is really being indoctrinated to think that you will own nothing and be happy. And that is acceptable. Bro, how many, how often do you think of the Roman Empire? Every day. You told me this. This is probably one of the biggest trends in America. I love it. That's what we're talking about today. Why in the hell do you think of the Roman Empire every day? It's funny. Me and my wife talk about it a lot. And I can't believe this is a trending. I didn't believe him. What this yeah, is? A, I don't yeah, even know yeah. what that means. Yes. It's trending. minutes ago. I asked off camera. He, Eric didn't know about this trend, and never it heard just of made it. me laugh so hard. I was like, "Bro, how often do you think of the Roman Empire?" And he said, "Every day." <laughs> well, I do too. Think about so, what's going on. Yeah. Like, I like history. Yeah, but I didn't believe it. I didn't know this is a fucking trend. Well, pull the trend up, man. It's it's a real trend. It even made. Yeah, this is okay. First of all, this makes me sick just seeing this. Yeah, whatever that this is. This show represents the fall of the American yeah, You know Empire. what? Good point. This is the reason yeah. why I think it, this yeah, is the yeah. type of crap that makes you me You watch think, the view and you think of the Roman Empire. This is, you know what? You know another movie that got me? I'm trying to think of the name of it. it. It was so representative of Hunger Games. Yeah. Like everyone dressed in their pink hair and all yeah. their, like while, <laughs> you know, in, and Brandon Turner, like we, we were watching women unbathe while the rest of the world is burning, quite literally. yeah. yeah. That movie, Hunger Games, did the same thing. It's stuff like that that it's makes me think of the Roman Empire. Yeah. Like yeah. Anybody that's a student in history should look at what's going on in this country and consider the same thoughts. Here, I'm going to let this play. So, so um, there is this trending topic on TikTok <laughs> where women are asking the men in their lives one simple but rather bizarre question. Watch. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Uh, it's technically like every day. <laughs> Babe? How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Three times a day. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? At least three or four times a week. You know, we always women are always asking, what do men think about? You know, you look at them and they have this like empty look on their face all the time. Yeah. Say, what's going on in your mind? And they go, nothing. Well, now we know. It's the Roman Empire. <laughs> the Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah, man. It is the Roman Empire. Because I've been saying this for a while, this does not end well. You know, I was just at a speech thing. Or I was at a big business mastermind yeah, yeah, this yeah. weekend. Limitless. Limitless. And there were some incredible speakers. Two of my favorites, well, they were all my favorites, but, uh, well, Annie Frisella, first of all, 
Like, oh, God, he's so good. Have you ever heard Andy Purcell speak, mm. like, step up not, on stage? Not on the stage, no. Man, you could feel his raw, like, mm. F-U energy. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like this doesn't end well. It, like, it, if you just look at math, simple math, mm. and the trajectory of things, we all know how this ends historically. And, you, and these women, these women who have no clue, literally no clue, they represent the reason that this topic about the Roman Empire is so important. Because the trajectory of where we're headed historically does not end well. And it's the Roman Empire that is a great catalyst to that thought. Am I wrong? No, there, I just saw a post by Jordan Peterson about this entire police force somewhere in Canada. I, I can't watch these women. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, pull them off uh, the screen. So he posts, uh, it was something like 100 police officers just abruptly left. <laughs> uh, and he made this comment to the effect of basically... This is what happens when the corruption reaches a certain reaches a certain point. The most noble men leave first. Damn, it was chilling. It was think like one hundred police officers on the same day to resign in some city. Like it makes me think. Like even with with the whole COVID thing, you know, if, if noble people don't take a stand within medicine and they don't take a stand in all these different historically like bulwarks of reliable industries or or what are we going to do? Yeah, you know, one of the other speakers that I, that I was referencing earlier that really caught my attention was Cody Sanchez. I don't know if you know who Cody Sanchez do, is. Yeah. Profound speaker, first of all. Her message, like, cut with, like, a sharp blade. She was not there to motivate or inspire. No, no, no. She was there to, like, tell the truth. Mm. And the truth was a big part of her message. But she really talked about the Black Rocks of the world, she talked about how ownership is being stripped from Americans at a rapid pace. And it is. The elite, the pigs, the fat pigs, the sloppy pigs at the top are getting fatter and fatter. She referenced some of the biggest CEOs in the world for these companies like BlackRock. <laughs> she mentioned Warren Buffett. She went down the list, but she really showcased who these guys are. And the truth is, is they're no different than me or you. They're not smarter than me and you. So what gives them so much money and power? They understand the rules to the game that no one else knows there's even rules for. They don't understand there's rules to this game. And it comes down to something that's actually pretty simple, and it's ownership. Americans are being stripped of their ability to have ownership in anything. You notice how prices are getting more expensive on everything? Inflation seems to have jumped at a rapid pace, something that's really unsustainable. You look at this little town of Coeur d'Alene where we live. It's so expensive to live here. How can children live and work here and stay in this community? They can't. They're being pushed out. Ownership is becoming something that's very elusive. Do you know who the largest home buyer in the world is right now? Vanguard? BlackRock. BlackRock. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's all relative. Yeah. The reason why uh, is because that average Americans are not taking ownership of the corner stores. They're not taking ownership of the communities that we once had a big grip on. As that's being stripped away, so is your ability to really have any kind of real influence in the world. Right now, small entrepreneurship still holds the key, but we're failing at a rapid number. When you think about the next generation of children that are replacing our grandfather's shoes, they don't come with the same disciplines, work ethics, and mindsets that our grandfathers did. And so in replacement of that is a desensitized culture that is really being indoctrinated to think that you will own nothing and be happy. And that is acceptable. And that is the biggest problem. And Cody breaks it down in a really simple form. If you want to take America back, you need to take ownership back. And if you own nothing, you control nothing. Mm. 
And that is really where the problem actually, like when you get down to it, it lies. But it goes bigger than that. There's philosophical and psychological reasons. There's, 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 there's the healthcare system. There's the institutions. There's our education system. There's pop culture, the media. There's influence. You talk about the negativity in this country. I just ran across a statistic that said seven out of 10 Americans are negative on this country, like where else in history has 70% of the country been negative on the country that they reside in, especially when it's America, which by the way, has only ever been around for a few hundred years, where our history is nothing. Mm. We have a long way to go to prove that America even works. And right now, the trajectory is saying one thing and one thing only. By the end of this next decade, we will have lost this country. Just look at the trajectory alone. Look at the amount of people that are falling into debt. I mean, the difference between the fat cats at the top and the peasant surfs at the very bottom, it's becoming so far apart that it's almost disgusting, first and foremost. And it's the middle class that's being eviscerated. But this is not capitalism. They would like you to believe this is capitalism at work. This is not. It's actually socialism at work. This is what happens in socialist countries. And you're right. They're going after the police. They're going after race. They're going after age. They're going after gender. And now they're confusing children with biology, something that I thought was going to be sacred. Mm -hmm. How is biology being something that's even being communicated as Mm -hmm. a confusing point of scientific Mm -hmm. topics? Wrap your mind around that for a minute. Like a little boy that's, that has all the instincts of a little boy is now being told at an early age while their mind is still developing that you may not be a boy. I mean, you're a father. Speak to that. Like you want to talk about what's wrong with America. You want to talk about like why people like us think about the Roman Empire? Because history repeats it fucking self. And we're so impressionable. I mean, being a father, like I love that metaphor you you. The Buddha story has got the you raise uh, you raise your kid in a protected garden for a while, and then eventually, any good father, you want to tear down the walls and give them the courage to go forth, right? But man, we're my wife and I are very deliberate. That my kids do not consume. You, you said something yeah. to me, and it oh, it stuck with me. I don't know why I've not left my brain. I don't know where you said this. You were talking about this topic. Which is a hard topic to talk about for many. To me, it's it's it's, it's so yeah, stupid. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. even worth conversating because we don't care what people choose to do yeah, with their yeah, personal yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just don't want stuff being jammed down <clears throat> children's faces. Period. End of story. Like let kids be kids. Keep innocence protected. Oh, but I think I know where you're going. Yeah. You talked about like if this topic uh, uh, of transgenderism around your little boy, one of your little boys, like it, what it would do to them. Describe how you describe that some oh, I just, other time. You know, you know, as a parent, you know your kids. And you also know their ages. Like, they're just so innocent and open. And they ask a million questions about everything. And I was just thinking of my seven-year-old. And I just know him. And, and if you would introduce in his consciousness as an option that he could choose his gender and he might not be a boy. Now, the whacked-out, demonic, liberal, whack-job person is going to be like, well, maybe he is a boy. Maybe you ought to talk to him. I mean, seriously, that's how crazy they are. But if he, in his innocence, he would ask a thousand qu- If he heard that once, once, if he heard it as an option, and it were, it were uh, given credibility by some symbolic authority figure on a commercial just endorsing it, some little fragment of something, if it got into his innocent little brain, he'd ask a million little questions about it. And just temperamentally, some temperaments, they obsess and they worry about things, which is very natural for certain temperaments. It would have a real huge... In, and that's just one micro-exposure. So when you see... Wait, you, <clears throat> think it, about this for a moment. Would it stress them out? 
Oh, it, it would stress him out. That, he'd be worried about it. He'd be at, it would like that's fragment. That's what you said that caught my eye. Yeah, it, it would stress his stre- little mind it, out. It would stress his brain out because it's so against the fabric of reality that he would have unconsciously all kinds of schemas he'd have to resort out and he'd have a thousand questions for me, right? And I saw this real, it was some famous, I think it was an NFL player, some professional athlete talking about, there's no way in hell my little boy's hearing that damn message. And you, and I, I sympathize with that profoundly. And so now when you see in terms of this transgender thing, um, the, the incredible data coming out on the number of kids that are all of a sudden confused about their gender. My kid, if he got one microdose, I know as a father, it would confuse him. Now imagine just the full gates being opened yeah. and they're imagine just consuming it on social media. Teaching this in school. Yeah, teachers, exactly. And then keeping it from the parents. And it goes, so it's a deep topic. It's like, it's like an assault on reality. It's not, it gets deep. Like philosophically, they take what is good and beautiful and they invert it and make it confusing and you have to wonder i mean ultimately it gets philosophical even religious like at a fundamental level it's a it's a false evil ideology behind it however you frame it like the the roots of the ideology behind this are dark yeah it it, 100 percent, and it really stems from the lack of god in this country they've replaced government with god now government is the god by the standards that they're setting and what's crazy, and what I love about Cody, I keep referencing her, is there yeah. she she puts these people on screen. Beer belly, just sloppy guys. That, there, there you go. That's mm. one of the most powerful people in the world. And she mm. looks at him and she's like, you guys will run circles around him, but you're not playing the same rules that he's playing. Mm. He has a different game and a different set of rules. He understands one thing that you guys don't, and it's the power of ownership. And she really broke it down and mm. I mean... I suggest you consume that content because it will challenge you to think about where does ownership exist and how can you acquire it yourself mm. to be able to preserve something that allows you to play the same game with the same roles that they're playing. Thing is this, we're all searching for salaries, right? Trust me, Warren Buffett on paper makes a hundred grand a year in a salary. He doesn't mm. fucking make his money in a salary. You don't want a salary. Actually, you you want as little salary as possible. People like you know, they're, they're, they're bragging about, oh, I made half a million dollars last year. Huh, that's not good. Mm. You don't want to earn in salary or dollars. You want to earn in dividends and stock options. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you want to be playing a totally different game. Like, people don't get it. Like, being a higher earner means nothing. Mm. That is not where wealth's created. And you cannot make an impact or have any voice or power worthwhile if you do not understand this game. But when you're playing a different set of rules, it instantly puts you on the defense. You're never going to be winning. First of all, there's levels to this. It's crazy. But at the end of the day, they've replaced God with government. And these people that are running the government are little trolls. They literally are. There's, they're mm. nothing special. There's nothing different about them from you or, or me. Yeah. And these are cracky people. Like, they just are. Like, they're, mm. they're, not, like they're not who I look at as a real leader. And somehow they've risen all the way to the top by paying their scammy little games with their pens and their lawyers. They literally are taking over the world. They don't need to fire bullets. Mm. They don't need, you know, they can literally indoctrinate mm. and screw you over in a million ways. And the more they suppress people and they keep this information from them, the harder it is for, for America to take back Main Street. And that's the goal. The middle class have got to be strong for freedom to exist. That's one of the, that's one of the links to the Roman times is because people are kind of, they're hypnotized by the media and the distractions. And it's at least what I've read about the Roman Empire, you know, the, um, the gladiator fights, all the depravity, all the, all the entertainment. 
served a function to distract the populace. They got some, they got hundred percent. So those those who are seeking to kill, usurp power, or let yeah, live, totally symbolically. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of it's it's crazy to think the mechanism of how they did that without social media, but now it's the yeah. gates are wide open. It's in everybody's hands. I mean. Yeah. People are just programmed and distracted. I was at this, so I was at a potluck. If this friend listens to this, I mean, no, well, great guy. And he's looking for a different job. Going back to your point about ownership. All work is honorable. All work. And, and uh, you know, companies rely on employees. So it's not, this is not at all a disparagement. But it showed a certain temperament. He was, he was crestfallen about the lack of seeming opportunity because he, he has a very specialized kind of position with the company. And he's looking for different opportunities and, there's very few out there that pay well in terms of the salary thing. But it just struck me that this is an individual who temperamentally or, or through, he just hasn't even explored the ownership. It's like temperamentally wasn't, it, and so I was talking about, have you ever thought about running your own business or starting a company or a franchise All in the whole ownership domain of thinking? Like many of my clients, they, they're investors. I, I do life executive coaching, but my clients happen to be people who, they wake up, they seek to, seek to create their opportunities. They don't go out and look for opportunities, they create them. And it's a, it's a totally different way of thinking for a lot of people. It's, it's very interesting. And I don't know if, I don't know if it's temperamentally driven, um, societally driven. There's so many factors. But to grow up as an employee mentality versus, um, like you were saying, Eric, it's not about acquiring a high salary as, as, much, as much as it is acquiring. acquiring well, that's what they want you to think. That's what they yeah. want you gossiping about and chit-chatting about. Like, that ain't the game, though. That's not. Yeah. You're playing by a different set of rules, period, end of story. But along this pathway of, of, of really robbing the middle class, and what's crazy, <laughs> jumping off that point real quick just to highlight this note, through COVID, there was more advancement for their cause than maybe anything in the history of this country. They had a bigger trajectory swing that fast forwarded and moved the needle so fast. I mean, they in a second, they made something that was historically legal, legal, and it was actually the game changer for their agenda. That was ballot harvesting, mail-in votes that you with no signature verification and no ID needed to, to have a vote. You know, Jeanette and, and myself, my wife, we have not lived in the state of Nevada for going on 13 years. And in that last general election, we had a, two ballots come in the mail for her and me from the state of Nevada. Now, I have not been registered to vote there in, in a long time. I voted in, 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 in Idaho many times since this became my primary residence. But number one, that's illegal. How do they pull up old voter rolls, send us something oh, to our new address in Idaho? You know, I should have freaking voted. And sent it back because yeah. guess what? Someone else did in our names. When we yeah. call, I caught a hunch. I called after the election. I, you can't tell who you voted for, but you could see if a vote, name was cast in your in vote. Your and sure enough, Jen and I both had cast the votes. Now, I ripped up ballots that came in the mail for me. You want to tell me there wasn't massive fraud happening? Oh, like massive. at a level that was unfathomable? Massive. It's it's, will, it's, I, I think it's willful blindness for people to not. Media wouldn't talk the about level it. Of corruption, yeah. No, even even Fox. Everyone says it's such a conservative network. They didn't even go near this. Subject. I think that's probably one of the most jarring things for for many people in the in the public discourse right now is just how many millions of people are easily <laughs> duped and not in humility. I have to say, I'm sure I'm programmed with biases. We're all none of us can escape conditioning and program at, programming at some level, but. The levels of it where it, it, something corrupt is in plain sight, 
and people a don't acknowledge it's it's, it reminds me of that classic children's fable the emperor has no clothes the emperor's walking naked and the child's like uh the emperor's not wearing any clothes and all the adults are pretending like he's wearing clothes it it, it's that's disturbing to me like to see how it doesn't people like the the election is an example yeah it's not but but doesn't that blow your mind that i think I actually think there's a lot of people of goodwill that don't see, because you can't just explain it in a way like they see it. They're either yeah. willfully ignorant or they're blind. Or, like, or, it, or it's intentional and evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, I, the, oftentimes I would historically would have excused something as ignorant. Mm-hmm. And now a lot <laughs> of what I'm seeing from, from certain places, Attention, I, I, I put to yeah. evil, pure evil. Yeah. And with COVID... It was crazy just how far they advanced this narrative. You don't need to go into all the facts or details, yeah, yeah. but it seemed like it was everywhere and you could not a- a- avoid it. But they got something out of it that was a game changer. It allowed a president, a future president of the United States to not have to campaign, to comfortably sit in a basement and do nothing, literally do nothing. Yeah. No interviews. No urgency. No, nothing. They, they had it in the bank. They didn't. What was no. the mo- yeah. And now you, now I wondered that whole time. How is he so cavalier and calm? Hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the whole yeah, anyway, we could crazy go the yeah. theater of January. 6th. But, but here's the deal: if if that's true, say if just play devil's advocate for the people that question this. And I don't think we have a lot of listeners that don't yeah. think along these lines anyway. But just if that is true, what does that mean? Just assume that there's a chance that what we're saying has some validity. What does that mean? As in, is as there, not is there, a, it's is there not a republic. A, <laughs> yeah, it's a. You it's no a, longer have a republic, let alone a democracy. You've just established a banana republic. You've established socialism in, in, in all its glory. And you will see what happens. It is undeniable how this ends. And I promise you, it doesn't end well. But you're right. You're looking at, it, it, at the police and the record amount of retirements that have happened. Let me ask a question. What would happen if there was someone breaking in your house, some tragedy happening right in front of your face with your family there, and you go to call 911 and nobody shows up? Let me ask you another question. What would you do if you go to turn your light switch on while you're on vacation in Los Angeles, let's just say, you had an overnight stay there? Because I know you don't go to LA. No. <laughs> and you go to, to your hotel room in the <clears throat> middle of LA and you go to flip the light switch on and the lights don't come on. What happens if a solar flare crushes this earth? Like you just have to consider the state of affairs of this country if one of these types of events starts happening. Now, the trajectories over there, the amount of retirements, the amount of people that are not enrolling in the military that historically would go proudly serve this country. You're looking at like the demasculation of alpha males, oh, the, the ones mer- who historically the don't feel enough yeah. people. They can't, they we can't, can't even answer what a woman is. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at the state of affairs yeah. of is, the reality. Is, I mean, people joke about this trend, but there's it's, no surprise. People think about the Roman empire. Exactly. We're yeah. getting all to these points. Now yeah. I will say this. I'm such a positive mindset that I don't let these thoughts linger very much because I want to control what I can and I want to do my part in fighting mm-hmm. back, which is part mm-hmm. of why we did this show. Mm-hmm. It's why we form in on a mission to begin with. Individual can do. Yeah, yeah, but I'm an outlet to fight back, but I want to be wide aware of the reality. I don't want to be ignorant to that. I want to be very in tune with it, and I want to put myself in a position where, worst case scenario, I can win. I can put myself in a chance to survive and fight. 
And again, like I'm in North Idaho. I'm you try to break into my neighborhood. There's more. There's an arsenal army around where we operate. Doesn't mean you can't break through. Doesn't mean there's not holes and gaps and opportunity. But it just means that I trust all my neighbors. If the lights did go off in our neighborhood, our entire neighborhood, thousands of people would band together and have each other's backs. If you're in the middle of Los Angeles, I don't think it's going to be the case. I think it'll be rape, pillage, and plunder. It just makes you look at your situation and where you're at, and it makes you number one. I'm very, I'm very yeah, appreciative yeah. of our situation, but I had to place myself. This was there. a national trend too. There's tens, all of over America, of people across the world. My a friend of mine moved to Spain, and he talks often about the things he admires about the traditional culture. And forget it's downside, but people, he uh, like people have really reevaluate. Where do I want to raise my family? What kind of That's people do I want to be my neighbors? And the blind keep walking down the road, acting invincible, like nothing bad's ever going to happen. It may not happen in this lifetime, but as Andy Frisella says, if we don't get this right, your kids are fucked. That's his words, like directly, that I heard two days ago. Yeah. And it's, he's right. There's not a lot of Americans that have the courage to step up and say that. I want to be one of the ones that have the courage to say it, but also has a plan of how I'm going to fight along the way. It's interesting, too, if you're a student of history, speaking of the Roman Empire, though. If you just go back over the centuries, if you're at all a student of history, civilizations rise and they, and they fall. fall. I mean, your just cities are built on other cities. Do you know, uh, religious. There's religious, uh, you know, persecution. There's takeovers. It's just. It seems to be like the pulsing wave of humanity throughout all of time. If you look throughout the and. There's one difference in America that I will say <clears throat> that I will note. Now, the founding fathers screwed up on one thing. One, it was a giant error, but there's no way they could have foreseen that there'd be giant, you know, 100,000-pound machines that can fly in the air and move people from the East Coast to the West Coast so quick. Yeah. They never would have assumed that someone would want to be a politician for a career because there's no money in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would never assume that if you were in California to cast a vote in Washington, D.C., that you drive across the country and you do that for your entire life. They really screwed up on term limits, but they didn't think someone was going to be able to come across the country in a horse and buggy often enough to want yeah. to do that longer than two, <clears throat> two, three, four years max. Yeah. So they screwed up there, but where they really got it right was the Second Amendment because it's the one defining difference when you look at other cultures around the world that have come and fall was our people are armed very well in America. The Second Amendment really gave the people the power to protect themselves, not from their enemies or from their neighbors or from criminals. Yeah. The Second Amendment was put in place because we learned some grave lessons from Europe and the history, world history far beyond America. And that was you need weapons to protect yourself from your own government. And what's crazy, <clears throat> I think about these kind of quirky <clears throat> things all the time. When I was a kid, liberals were interesting to me, like that sort of the difference between conservative mindsets and liberal mindsets. They didn't trust the government at all when I was a kid. They didn't want the government going near them. They, they were the ones that would never in a million years take a, a pill that the government says, here, swallow this. They definitely wouldn't say, give me the shot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it's weird now how that's sort of flipped on its head in a sense. Yeah. Like the peace-loving, earth-loving, like hippies, of uh, liberals of my generation, like they would go nowhere near government. Now these people seem like government is their god. It's, it, you know, and it's, it's like conservatives now are, have completely lost their trust mm. in it. It's like, it's almost like they've, they've switched in some ways. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Yeah, I'm trying to think historically what was the shift, whether I think the government has progressively adopted they were anti-pharma big pharma now yeah. we're anti-big pharma and they're like oh yeah. like 
give me the shot. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It's a little wild how trusting certain people are of things that are blatantly bad for you. Like quite clearly the government does not have their best interests out for the, for you, the little guy that, mm. that they claim they do. But you know, my faith in the government as I've gotten older has gotten less and less. When I was, I was a kid, I had a primary, uh, uh, you know, faith in our military, and, and I did. There's some I good people say, in it, I but I'll tell you what. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't feel that anymore. Yeah, it's, it's not weird as being, convincing. It's weird being a parent in today's world, and and uh, yeah, because you, we raise our children. We're we're more conservatively inclined. We read the great books, and we're exposing them to great literature, and so much of that page, the value of a patriotic love of country and all those things. But at the same time, even at a young age, I mean, I suppose it's, it's the wise thing. It just makes me sad that I can't say with confidence to my children, like, trust that. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like, wow, you know, maybe there was a time or maybe that yeah. would have been, maybe I would have felt just as ignorant or naive recommending they. Well, did you see the, like, the new, the new dress code in the Senate? Like the rules oh, of the dress code have changed. You now, I like, heard it's some. A, it's meme. a mockery. I saw some meme on that. Well, yeah. that guy John Fetterman, who who wears baggy shorts and a huge hoodie yeah. and stumbles in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, about as incompetent of a human yeah. as you can get. No offense, just is what it is. That, that the John Fetterman represents the fall of the Roman. That's Empire. my point. You wonder why we keep thinking yeah. talking about the Roman Empire. People, They've changed the standards yeah, of the people. highest offices in the world. You no longer need to, to dress accordingly. You can go in looking yeah. like a bum or a slob, and it's but it, okay. But if he legit got those votes, which I presume he did, he was in a, in a very left-leaning demographic, that so many Even pe- that, I question. That, that so many people would allegedly support him. That's insane. It says a lot it, about the yeah, trajectory like, of our country. Good God. You're, you, these people are voting the most incompetent mindsets in the world into office. And it makes me question, like, well, why aren't the guys like Andy Frisella or Ed Milet running for president? Guys like even even guys that lean a little more left, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, like shoot, he promotes hard work. He all he does is talk about being the hardest worker in the room. And actually, that's a message that diametrically opposes the liberal standard when it comes to our education system, all the institutions of America, mm-hmm. all the indoctrination they well, spit out, all, their whole the participation is, trophies, all that. It's based on a, the victim perpetrator model and their whole lens and world. It's that's the root of like the Mar- Marxist dialectic, communism, socialism. Yeah, mo- money's evil, ownership is evil. And there's a victim. And the victim, because they're a victim, they, they have the moral high ground to take what they want from the perpetrator, to take your take your money, take your land, take your... They, they, Here's they, what's crazy, they would though. avoid any personal responsibility narrative whatsoever. Yeah. It, but what's crazy is the richest people in the world literally are liberals. And it's, and it, it's such a ruse to think that they're not protecting their own. You get my mm-hmm. point, kind of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a scam, and that's the yeah. point. They want you to believe that as they get rich off the taxpayers. They're acting like so oftentimes you'll hear the liberals say that the billionaires need to pay their fair share. Ideologically, what a joke! Do you think they're ideologically? I mean, we're using the word "they," so it's like, who are we referring to? But like, who do you think that many of them are just so ideologically blind, or that they're so intelligent that they know that they're they're profiting on the falsehoods oh, they they're spewing? You think? You, Come on! So you fall in the position that. Um, they know exactly. They're, they look oh, at their look at their quote. salaries. And look how much wealth they've created over the lifetime of them being in office. Those two things do not add up. Joe Biden has never built anything. He's never built a business. He's never signed the front of a paycheck. How did he acquire so much wealth? Yeah, so you look many at the them. Biden crime family. 
These motherfuckers have have created over a hundred million dollars yeah, yeah. in net worth. No, but where did it come from? You would have to be like, just think about return on the paycheck that he gets while in while in office all those years, never creating a business out of it. It'd be impossible to return. No, yeah. those returns are would be legendary, like better than than Warren Buffett times ten. Yeah, like you've got to create machines that make money, and for you, that to take place, you got to have employees and you got to have systems and processes. You he had a lifetime of public office. Like the whole time as he's getting rich and the media turns a blind eye, no one says a damn word, and they just keep getting rich. Now they're all in on it, left and right. Like these long-term people that keep getting wealthier, the McCarthy's of the world. What do you think makes the populace so vulnerable to supporting them? It's because the populace isn't quote all in on it. Like, but they still the media, they're all it's it's such a racket. The whole thing is a racket but from what, my perspective. So is it are they preying on the naivete and ignorance of the populace? Because I, I think like the, the, the far left liberal position comes from what seems to be heartfelt but is profoundly naive and ignorant. Like, yeah. oh, Victor, it does more harm than good. You hear, like, here's an example. <clears throat> here's an example. Um, my, my kids are reading some book on, on the world and environment, and it, and it had this kind of liberal edition like, the planet Earth is in peril. Right? Sure. And it's it, a great and message. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, well, and it, we should take care of the earth, take care of the planet, keep it clean. I love all those things. Of course, but you, do. you could see all the politicized framing of the languaging to tug on the child's heart. Yep. So that that heartfelt child is going to read that. Yep. And we had a great conversation with my ten year old because he started to get all emotionally. And we, what we talked about there is pollution. Sure. And you could just feel. And the when setup. I was a kid, it was called global warming. Yeah, when yeah. I was coming up, now it was global warming. You know, we wonder why they took that word warming away. That's crazy to me. We keep talking about how the world's yeah, heating up. By 10 years ago, the standard today, like half of Florida should have been underwater. The point is this, right? If, even if it was true, like you want to have our good, identify a good why behind it, they politicize that why and they blame humanity, which gives them cause to say, hey, it's overpopulation. We need to, yeah, we need to have more rules, more red tape, more restrictions. It's a way to strip freedom. But, but I think people but they get vote rich for in the it. process. More importantly, this is a business. You look at Al Gore, yeah. he got rich off global warming. And it turns out they took warming out of the name. Yeah. Now it's climate change. And his predictions haven't come true. The, uh, I think they play on the heart of the populace. They get, they get like my 10 year old, and they're just. It's emotions. Um, they play yeah, on emotions. emotions. Yeah. Yeah, this is, a, this is the game is once you know the rules, number one, you can start playing them yourself. Hopefully, as you gain power, authority, fame, you gain influence, whatever it is where you have some sort of voice that matters, you have a strong, powerful why that aligns you with something that where you can fight back to do good. If you have the potential to be a superhero, and this is really what I learned from guys like Ed Milet, some of these beautiful influences in my life, mm. was that is you need wealth, you need power, you need fame to go out and make a real impact. Mm. You can make an impact with nothing. It yeah. just won't be that big or profound. You need to gain that. So you shouldn't be afraid of it. As long as your why is more powerful than your securities, go after power, but use it for good. Yeah. Use it to fight back against these evils, to, to raise awareness to things. And that's really helped me profoundly sort of pursue my highest and best use. And that's how I can turn this negative conversation into something positive. Mm. I'm not blind to what's happening, but I'm choosing to do something with it and I'm going to fight back. But if you're blind to it and doing nothing, that's a problem. Or if you see the problem and you just bitch at the TV, you're also part of the problem. That's, that's, that's probably one of the, 
at least to me, one of the most inspiring philosophical ideas. I know Jordan Peterson articulates it quite a lot. And he's doing his job. Yeah, but he he bases his argument is in the face of such suffering and burden, it comes down to the divinity of the individual, which definitely aligns with a Christian worldview, which is to say, what can you do? Well, like like you said, Eric, you can start with yourself and individually shoulder as much responsibility as you can to make the difference you can in your own yeah, life. A hundred percent. It's a pure encouraging empowerment play. Yes. Um, I still think going back to my original point, we do have some saving graces here. The second amendment is a tricky one for them to get around. They're trying their best. They're going to try to do it. They're going to keep oh, going after it. What are the bulwarks it. like that hold us up? Yeah. So that that's an important one. It's going to be very very hard to to turn on your people when there's more wep- more more arms than people. First and foremost, mm-hmm. that is a tricky one. They're going to have to figure out how to do it. But you look at all the red tape and all the restriction. Like you know, that's one of these big another question that you know to me is pretty black and white that an armed society is a safety society. If you knew, if I live in a state that's heavy on, on gun laws. There's a lot of data on that. Yeah, yeah and, and I'm an easier target. There's a good chance that, that, that if you were a criminal, you're going to pick the path of least resistance. If you know that guy's armed, you're probably not going to mess with him. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. an armed society where I see the, the gun in the yeah. guy's pocket, it's probably safer. Like you look at something yeah. bad happening, you <clears throat> want a guy like Eric Rock around that's armed, that knows how to yeah. use his weapon as good as he knows how to use a pen. You know what yeah. I mean? You're going to want someone like me or you that is that it can defend themselves in the room when something goes bad. Like, it's just the way it works. And if you have a family and you care about them, you should be proficient in firearms. I grew up around weapons. I, I'm not scared of them. They don't... It, it, any, there's so many things that can kill you. There's so many different ways that you could be, you could yeah. be injured yeah. or attacked. Like, if you're proficient in firearms, there's, there's, no, there's not a lot of accidents that happen there. No. Like, not if you're trained right. They don't just go off. No, they don't just no. point at you and pull yeah, the trigger. Yeah, yeah. You should obviously be, be really responsible around children. But yeah. all these... These, these narratives about, about why guns are bad and how they harm people, like, it's just like drugs. Like, same thing with drugs. Like, well, drugs are illegal. Cocaine's illegal. Like, heroin's illegal. Fentanyl's illegal. And it's killing a record amount of people right now in America. Yeah. Like, you make something illegal, you think the problem just goes away magically? Yeah. No, 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 no. You only make it easier for the good guy to get assaulted if you strip weapons out because by the nature and definition of a criminal they break laws but guess who doesn't break laws law-abiding citizens so when you have a law just like you have a laws on drugs it's only the law-abiding citizen that does not obey the law or that, that actually obeys the law and so you disarm that person but do you think you disarm the criminal who already has the gun illegally no. no, you just make your targets so, easier. Like the psychology around some of this stuff is so absurd to me. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's just logical thinking. But at the end of the day, as you would indoctrinate young generations, one generation at a time, you know, the one good thing about them, they're, they're, what they're really smart at is they played the long game. Since the 1950s, since this great society concept came around, you look at like, the again, I talk about trajectory a lot because it's in the numbers. It's undeniable. When you look at the 1950s, the amount of murders, the amount of deaths, and I'm talking about ratios. I'm not talking about blatant numbers. I'm talking about numbers based on populations. And then you compare those statistics to this generation and this one and this one and this one. And you can do it in all categories. Crime, you can do it in overdoses, you can do it in hospitalizations, you can do it in heart disease. I mean, pick a domain to do it in. We are getting unhealthier in every domain of life, and the trajectory is not good. And then COVID just fast-forwarded it. And it has nothing to do with wealth. I love, 
I'm a huge fan of, obviously we have a shared sort of conservative view. Thomas Sowell, he talks about, you know, the rate of criminality in, in broke black neighborhoods in 1948 was practically nothing. Exactly. And they had nothing. So true. And then today they have maybe a little more, yet the rate of criminality is through the roof. So I want to ask you a question. So you were saying the Second Amendment, like um, the question is like, what is going to stand in the trenches to hold up freedom? We have the Second Amendment. It used to, some people used to think the rule of law, although you see that being... Uh, so distorted and warped by the nature of the judiciary. It's being manipulated at the highest levels right in front of our face. Just look at everything. People don't trust the rule of law. Yeah. Just look at everything yeah. that's happened, at the, at, even at the level of the President of the United States. Yeah. You look at what they've, how, how they've weaponized the, the DOJ, psychologically the FBI against, against one political yeah. party, and how they've used it to harbor criminality in another. Yeah. It, it, it's so blatant. Yeah. Yeah, but again, at the end of the day, what are the things you can be doing? Like, how do you create your own little economy? What's Not your only in your yeah. What's your personal answer to the? And of course, people rely on their faith. I know a lot of people. Yeah, well, according to faith and scripture, this thing's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Well, by that I mean like, um, what <laughs> makes America great is the substructure of the Christian Judeo-Christian faith, but that's also eroding. A lot of people are stepping away from religious structures. Um, yeah, it's all by design. You know what I mean? Like Marxism has no place for a God, period. And they're playing that out perfectly. The tenor, the tone, everything. Yeah. But I would just say, like, to keep, you know, we're all going to live and die. We all have a certain amount of time, how we want to use our energy, how we want to use our bandwidth and, and, our, and our power <laughs> that we have. It's important to understand the facts and the truth, but then to be able to articulate that into some sort of energy that can channel, that keeps you positive, happy, f moving forward, not feeling defeated. Yeah, exactly. You've got to learn the rules of this game so that you can take this country back. Main Street has got to be rebought by real Americans, mm -hmm. period. They have to take mm -hmm. back actual ownership, mm -hmm. number one. Number two, you have to create your own economy. You do, and it's not just yeah. the economy that is around you in the way we traditionally understand economy, but the economy of your emotions and your mindset, you've got to take control of that. That's a very important also distinction between living a happy, abundant life and living really like yeah, a, so a, a mindset. Classically self-mastery, yeah. Yeah, right. It, again, it doesn't mean you're, you're blind to this. So, so often I see people that's always happy. They never talk about these types of topics. And I'm like, man, like, is that ignorance? Like, is it well, just, I, is it men across the world think about it every day? Blissful, yeah. <laughs> yeah it yeah. goes back to this yeah. whole topic of yeah. the Roman Empire. Like, everything we did yeah. came from this whole topic um, of these type of people. Let's hear what they say, too. Yeah, yeah. What is that about? I wrote back and I said, Do you ever think about the Roman Empire? And I'll, like, it's the quickest response I got, yes. And then, really? then Anna, uh, who works here at the show, but Joy Behar says it's weird. <laughs> military tactics, value standards, gladiators, worldly influence, because if the answer is any of those, then all the time. Wow. So good. I made the mistake of asking the family chat of Al and his sons, and they're still responding. They're like on page four. But then I, uh, I did the smart thing, which I, is I texted my gay senior counsel, Ken, Lee, and, and Mario, and I said, do you ever think about the ancient Roman Empire? 
And Lisa, just a Roman voice. <laughs> okay. Fascinating. I haven't seen this. <laughs> they just texted Manny and Gabriel, and Manny said, No, unless it comes on television or radio, I guess. And he said, Wait, are you talking about like Vikings? <laughs> Ignorant. No surprise. <laughs> These people have no idea. They just, yeah, that is it right there. It's right there. It's built, it's built into all these people right there that you're watching. Like, yeah, yeah. uh, Even the way they, uh, oh, just the, just, I just think of the little boy, the boys or the, all of it. Even, yeah. Did you hear one said the poo pooing of any notion of history? The little boys, one of them said the little boys. Totally. And they all giggled and laughed. (laughs) I asked my gay friend, what do you think of? I think of the boys and they all laugh. You know the other. The other. That's piece. another important part of the of the Roman Empire was the powers so great at the top, the lust, the power that normal relationships between a man and a woman would not do justice anymore. There's mm-hmm. famous paintings of this. This is well documented. Mm-hmm. Their lust and appetite for children was mm-hmm. profound, and yeah. it's part of. The story of the fall of Rome yeah. was their appetite for children, sexually, the, like yeah. yeah, morally corrupt. Just yeah. all moral compasses eroded, and it's crazy when you think about how, how, why does that happen with extreme mm-hmm. power? It's a profound question to ask. Like how? I guess when you could have anything in the world, like your your hunger and your appetite, be, and you your invincibility becomes so great that when you start thinking you are God, you start going where the forbidden fruit actually exists. And once you get a taste of it, as sickening as this is to even talk about, let alone fathom, your ability to touch that and almost with that godlike complex go near that most evil fucking thing, it's heartbreaking, but it's so true in, in, in power. And I wonder why this whole concept of sex trafficking, which they say today by people that I trust greatly, people that we know personally yeah, yeah. who do this for a living, who fight this evil for a living, say that there's more slavery today, modern day slavery than at any other time in history. Is how can that possibly be true? Mm. Let me just say this, that if you consider that statistic for a minute and wonder why, 
it, it's heartbreaking, but why is it so suppressed? Why is that information literally not the thing they talk about at presidential debates? Why is this not a commercial is being made? And why isn't there so much noise being made about this topic historically, at least over the last decade? And why is that information suppressed so much by the media? Why did that movie Sound of Freedom get mocked by so many mainstream outlets and get joked upon like it was some conspiracy theory? Mm. Why? Well, because the people that run these big companies, the conglomerates of the world that have taken over anything, like makes you wonder, like, what is their connection to modern day slavery? Like, quite literally, what is their connection even, to even factories in China and beyond? Even if, like, on the View, they joked that they joked. Um, I don't mean to accuse the woman's friends of, of pursuing boys. It's a it, joke. It was it's more. He, it was joking about, um, like like carefree joking about lustfulness, like, oh, the handsome young Roman boys or whatever. And even if the individual wasn't referring to young boys, at the, at the very least, it's sort of like... Um, you know, here's it. It's the degradation of sort of the pursuit of virtue and standards and integrity, yeah. which takes one back to faith. I uh, bet you if you can be a fly on the wall and go into some of these situations where this was a tricky area to navigate. Like I'm thinking there's all kinds of instincts that are coming to my mind. It's like, you know, you wonder what the real truth is and how these people talk about this stuff or how they think about little yeah. boys, Yeah. how certain cultures and even in America, like the things they tangle with and the things they a lot of the, talk a about. A lot of the fathers of Marxism in academia wrote apologetic discourses on sex with kids right well you know, now they're seeing this on they're giving it a new name now they don't yeah. they think pedophilia is is not a nice name they want to call it minor attracted persons out of respect for yeah. the pedophile yeah it's like you a... you hear people in the gay community making bold points about this and it's bizarre to me that you're going to try to defend the assault on innocence like the whole message and point about this topic really when is this specific topic is just the preservation and the protection of innocence. Mm. Innocence and protection of animals, it's just the same as the innocence and the protection of children. Sure. Like you don't, like when I look at like the, the eye through the eyes of a dog, like I see that same innocence as the eye of a children. Yeah. And it's like just this beautiful, innocent thing. Like yeah. you wouldn't want to go it's hurt it. Itself. You wouldn't want to yeah. go beat it. You wouldn't, same thing with a child. Like same thing with it. Like it's just like, there's sort of like a moral compass that like you want to preserve these innocent things in life, at least for me. Mm. Like it's a big, profound thing for me. It's one, <clears throat> anything that's innocent, I'm like, man, how do you hurt like it? How do you go near it? Like, like I feel that same sick, twisted thing for people that will like hurt animals or throw cats yeah. out of a car while they're driving on a freeway. Like anything torturous yeah. or weird, to anything innocent, all that yeah. to me is the yeah. the number one thing that makes my stomach turn. Yeah. All of it, yeah. and it's I think it gets down to my appreciation for life. I have such high admiration and respect for life itself that now I struggle even killing bugs because I'm like, man, yeah. that's just a little life Absolutely. trying to survive. Yeah. Like for you yeah. to just come and crush it without a second thought, like you have careless. no respect yeah. for life. That that yeah. thing's just trying to eat. It's it's got a family. It's yeah. trying to get home somewhere. It's hungry. It's trying to get from point A to point B. And you just came and fricked up its life. Yeah, like that yeah. drives me nuts. Yeah. But when it comes to children, like that's crazy. Like there's so many children around the world that that are being abused, that are being assaulted and hurt. Mm. We have a moral decay problem in this country yeah, and beyond. Yeah. Really, it's profound. It's yeah. everywhere. But I guess it's this. And I struggle with, I'll be honest, I struggle with this, like, it's hard for me. Like, 
I have got to work so hard on my faith, and I'm always working to get closer mm-hmm. to God and better mm-hmm. at it. Because how could this happen? How can some of these tragedies how is, happen? How, how is evil suffering explicable? How is it winning? Why does it feel like it's winning? Yeah, man, there's so many. I don't, I just, I get that's bothered the, by yeah, it. Yeah, that's one of the deepest, it's like that, reminds me of that Mortimer Adler's great, great books of the Western world, one of the deepest questions, like the, the philosophical problem of suffering and ha- if there is a divinity or a God, how, how could he or, or that allow this? I'm not going to pretend to answer that. but no, it's, it, <clears throat> I, I can only break it down to... The problem of Job and the, the You and the can't God. have good without evil. You can't because it's almost like it's a perfect system, the, 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 the difference between light and day, well between and bright day. and dark, like <clears throat> between good and evil, like... Everything needs a counterbalance or you can't have the thing on one side. Like you can't have this without this because there wouldn't be this without this. This is the only thing that make that that differentiates from this, mm. that gives this some meaning. Mm. Like you wouldn't appreciate life without death, right? Like you would have no appreciation for it. You'd yeah. have no respect for it. So there must be death in order for life to even exist, which is a crazy concept. But it sort of no, somehow it's, gives it's, me a piece around the whole thing that it's, you, a, it's you, a perfect circle. But what's great is you have a choice in this life if you're going to do moral things or you're going to do immoral things. And here's what's great. We don't need a set of laws to know if something's moral and immoral. You know if you're hurting something innocent. You know if you're doing something bad. You know if you're living one way in front of a camera or out and in public and another way secretly you're behind the doors doing something. Mm-hmm. You know there's a code that's there that is built into our anatomy and our DNA and our biological you know, that metric gets, system. I think that gets impaired. It's interesting. I read this. I won't pull it up. It'll take a minute. But um, I decided to read Brothers Karamazov. It's a, I haven't read a fiction book in years. I've read a lot of books. But anyway, it's by Fyodor Dostoevsky. And and, uh, and my friend knew I'm, I'm going to read it. So he texted me a quote from it. But he said, he talks. it's this great quote where he talks about don't lie to yourself. Because the more, this is a paraphrase by memory, the more a man or woman lies to him or herself, the more he becomes depraved and he loses touch almost like with his capacity. Like you're saying, Eric, you know that whether you're violating innocence or not. If you lie to yourself and lie to others, over time, the tragic consequence of that is you can't even trust yourself. Like your discernment. I think a lot of people are, when you, when you, when you make missteps enough and live in a lie enough, it's hard to disent outside of some grace. It's hard to disentangle yourself uh, from your discern your your impaired discernment faculties. Like people are literally, it, it reminds me of like Christ on the cross. Forgive them; they know not what they do. They know not what they do. Like they're still accountable for whatever you do, but but man, people people's level of ignorant impairment is profound to me and it it makes me personally grateful to have any sense of faith or even to have a moral compass and a notion of right and wrong i consider to be a profound gift like like some people grow up without that and they get into such dark confusing places yeah there's there's a there's a book i read when i was young it was called atlas shrug do you ever Mm -hmm. do you remember atlas rand yeah i haven't read it actually but i've Read all there's a lot it. of there's a lot of profound literature out I there read, that yeah. that really tackles a lot of unique, interesting angles that yeah, get what, you to. Why think did that about one come it. to mind? 
yeah. Well, you just talked about this battle that's happening mm. in, inside your mind. And, yeah. And it just reminded me of that. But there's, there's a lot of great literature out there. But at the end of the day, I would say that faith is such an important component. And I can't understand how you can have a life without it. Even though I said I battle with it, trying yeah, to sure. fully like come full circle with it. And because I have so many honest. questions. Yeah, you're being intellectually yeah, 100%. honest. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But to not have something to battle or contemplate even would be a huge struggle, even a much bigger struggle for me. To write it off, to 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 be an atheist would be, would be a challenging notion for me, especially as I, like, I'm so cautious about, like, and, and I have so much emotion for the value of life. I care mm. so much about life that I now, I can't even kill spiders anymore as, as as pathetic as that may sound to some, like I just view it as a life that's trying to get somewhere. Yeah. And I have f profound respect for it. And I, and I don't like spiders. They're yeah. Yeah. They're like, they'll no, get me yeah. at night when I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but, um, I don't know. We just, there was a big spider at this event and someone stepped on it. It was a tarantula. It was big and it was oh, wow. dead. And someone put it in a cup and they put it on their tables, like kind of a joke, like a centerpiece. Yeah. And I was sad. I, yeah. it, deep down, it bothered me because, like, that spider was just trying to like go home. Like an, an irreverence for life, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that if you can quickly kill anything and not have any care or concern with it, you you might be lost. That's a actually bit. pathological. Like one of the greatest things of sociopaths when they're like aged three or four, or even a young age, you can diagnose it is they'll harm something and they don't blink an eye. Yeah, and that's a clinical. So to have any carelessness with life even though you might not be a sociopath. Yeah, I get that. It's, it's, it's a well, Like, you know what I respect about hunters? I grew up in a hunting family. Yeah, they consume the... They love their animal. That yeah, they, 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 they thank it. There's prayers being said. I love the native yeah, culture. I love that. Yeah. Uh, my, my wife's half Native American and, and, and half white, but her native side, you know, it's like there's a reverence for oh, all yeah, they things thank the great animal. spirit for the animal. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they, they thank their ancestors. They thank this food that's nourishing them. And, yeah, yeah. you know, we know that, that, that the consumption of animal species below you at every level, it just absorbs it. You talked about this to me mm. about... I don't know if was it Buddhism or Hinduism. Oh no, I heard. Uh, I think it was. I heard reference to this in the the Rig Veda. So there's like uh, the Bhagavad Gita. There's another classic Eastern text called the Rig Veda, hmm. and they characterize lower life subserves higher forms of life, and almost like this. It's kind of beautiful the way it was described, like a great chain of being. Like, I mean, you think of a whale; it, it consumes these smaller fish, and and it all has a higher. And it, it, it kind of very much dovetails with the Christian idea of the garden of, you know, the tending to the garden and being a steward of the garden, like the cow blesses the, but I hear what you're saying. People who don't respect or, or are careless with life or harm life or yeah, um, that, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you if you just go shoot an animal and you grab it and it's flopping around and I'm like, man, does that hurt? Are you suffering right now? Yeah. Are you in pain? Yeah. You'll see a guy carrying it, dragging a, 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 a like a, a. I'm thinking of a not a quail, but a, a predator, bigger bird, the oh, bigger a bird. bird. Oh, a turkey? Yeah, not turkey. <clears throat> kind of like a turkey though. Between a quail and a turkey, pheasant. Pheasant. Oh, I have a story to tell you. I've I've been around a lot of pheasant hunting, and I've shot my own pheasant. Like it's not like I don't. My dad stopped pheasant hunting. I haven't told you this story. He uh. he used to pheasant on bird hunt, and he took me as a little boy, and he shot a pheasant. We had bird dogs, and I don't remember this. My but my parents tell this story. And, you know, the dog would bring the pheasant. And, you know, pheasants have beautiful plumage and yes, colors. Yes, they do. 
And apparently in my little blue eyes, I was like nine, eight, nine years old. And I just looked at the bird. I have no memory of this, but my dad tells us, story. I looked up at my father and I was like, dad, like, why would you kill something so beautiful? Hmm. And he said he didn't have an answer because he didn't eat the pheasant. It was like a sport. Yeah. And he said, my mom said he stopped hunting. Huh. Like the innocence in my eyes hit him so deeply. I was like, yeah. dad, why would you kill something so beautiful? Apparently I was taken by the beautiful, and I eat a lot of meat, so I don't hunt, but I've actually thought about elk hunting just well, you'll respect do it in, the in a reverent way. You know, when you, you know. buy meat from a grocery store, you are so far removed from the, the bloody process, like the defeathering of birds. or all that, yeah. It is a nasty process, cutting the guts out of it. Like I've done all that. My, I would never be able to kill anything without having to, to, to clean the birds myself yeah. or clean you know, the animal. The whole thing. I was always part of it, and it always kind of made me like right on the edge of like, like I just felt for the animal. But yeah. the worst thing that for me as a child was seeing the bird struggling, knowing that it was still alive, like yeah, alive, and, that, and I struggle with that. But you'd see some people have no reverence for the fact that is that bird in pain right now? That's a life form that's in pain. Yeah. That its nerves are rattling. It's still alive. It's trying to hobble away. Yeah, the compassion. You only shot its leg off. It's pain quickly. Yeah, and so like you know, you see, fling the neck around, twist the neck, is it, bang it. Like just yeah. no reverence for life as you slam it against a rock. Like I don't yeah. know what a better way to kill it would be to yeah, take it out yeah, to misery. Yeah. But there's something about that that just always got me and i you yeah. know I, I just feel for everything so if you go into a store and you eat hamburgers or you're, you're buying it from a store and like you've been so disconnected from the process of our ancestors that of course you're going to be uh, your moral compass is going to be off and that's the point like i don't eat a lot of meat i just don't i ate meat my whole life but i was i was primarily disconnected from it although i knew the process because i'd done it myself and it's not pleasant it mm. never was for me I don't eat a lot of meat. I hardly eat any, mm. any meat at all. I'm, I'm more of a vegan than anything. Yeah. Although I, uh, I cheap meals, I would say I hate meat. But I have a profound respect for the animal I'm eating because I was so, my stomach turned well, going through the process. You were in touch with, I saw this great interview. Dr. Andrew Chafee interviewed this 82-year-old rancher in Canada. She's been a rancher her whole life, but they, they ate their bull, which... <sighs> Which they had the bull for like twelve years, and he he had he was such a blessing to their ranch. They loved this bull. He had a name. Yeah, he had uh -huh. a name, and so the whole family. I couldn't do it. They butchered the bull, and the whole family went out of their way with respect to eat him. And they would talk about, and they they would reminisce on what an impact he was. Apparently, like a prize bull. I don't know anything about ranching, but if you get a really good bull, it makes a blessing to everybody involved. But her respect for the animal, and she even teared up in the uh, interview about her respect for the name of the bull that they were consuming. And like you said, like we're so removed from those things. Yeah, we are. Today's I would say this, if I was going to eat a cow, and I really want to be mindful of this, like how was that cow, how did it live and how did it die? A lot of these cows, they're put into very scary situations. You see their eyes bulging as they literally go down the slaughter line and they tighten them into little things. The hormones that are released in that cow... The unhealthiness of that situation is profoundly disgusting. Yeah. And you, we're so detached from it. If you're a cow that was shot in the head out on a farm while you're grazing, that's one thing. That is something you could, I could have respect and pride for in, in eating that to nourish scary. my family. Yeah. yeah, but to have all that adrenaline pumped through a cow, I don't think you've ever seen a scared cow. Yeah. It's not pleasant. And, and here's the other thing. You don't think that cow knows that all its, all its brothers and sisters ahead of you are getting slaughtered? Mm. I don't know. We must be assuming that that's true. But how do you know? Like, now, I always question these things. Are cows more intelligent than we realize? Like, what makes you think a cow is so dumb, by the way? 
Hmm. Like, how do you know it doesn't communicate with other cows and have a way to talk about fear and pain and struggles? That's what I've never understood is in the animal world that we assume these animals have no instincts or, or, or no, as think far they, as... I think they know what's up. ...is understanding between one another. There's no communication going back and forth or there's no feeling that matters. What about wolves? Like, just think about different animal species. Like, are they communicating? And that's it. It's like, I, like for me, just personally, like, I always want to take things and think about the whole thing before I just act. I wonder, you know, the Genesis conversation, I wonder how the, I wonder if in the decline of the Roman Empire, they had less respect for their animals. Yeah, so, I don't know this. Just I, well, listen, if you could kill humans with no remorse and have no respect for that as you conquered and conquered and yeah, conquered, yeah. you know, again, like, the beauty in this, in this country is we can live these beautiful lifestyles, but we're so far removed from the pain and where it actually exists as far as, like, we don't see the wars that are, are being fought in far-off countries. Many Americans don't. Even in the worst standards in this country, we're lucky enough to be born in a time where opportunity is still everywhere. Like, you can remove yourself from environment. Say you grew up in South Central Way. It's not easy. It's not that hard for you to move to Wyoming. You could if you wanted to. Like, there's enough... It's not, like, why yeah, is it impossible? Yeah. How? I'll, I'll yeah. show you a thousand ways yeah. that it's not. Like, yeah, yeah. for you to claim you're stuck in a bad situation in America is a lie. Mm. It's a fucking lie. Mm. It's a lie. That goes against the victim perpetrator. It's a lie. Everything's a lie. And, uh, yeah, your opportunities are given to you by... You have the power of decision in this country. That's the big... And people died for that. There's a line. I mean, yeah, people who own that... And you know what? The, the integrity make, of the individual. If you make mistakes more than once, I'm going to come out on a limb and just say this. If you made a mistake more than once, and I've said this before, <coughs> but if you make a mistake more than once, it's not a mistake. It's a fucking decision. You made a decision. And that's what's beautiful about America is that you have the power of choice. It's the freedom to fail. You can, you can you choose. Know, failures, uh, calamities are often a great inner spiritual blessing like people anyway this reminds me of analogies with like Al-Anon or 12-step recovery work you, you, you know so if someone's an addict in some ways you don't want to enable them too much because you want them to hit so they gotta hard. hit rock bottom yeah they gotta they gotta they everyone's gotta, gotta hit, rock bottom. hit a level of humility but it's that same mistake twice that is now a decision you're mm -hmm. gonna fail many times you're gonna make many bad decisions but if it's the same thing over and over again well, I, they say that that's the definition of, of insanity. insanity yeah Expecting but it, a different result. But it is a decision. You're making a decision. But yeah. that's what's beautiful is in this country, you actually have decisions. In many other places and other time frames in the world that you could have been born. Yeah. And so for you to squander that in America now, despite the problems that we're facing. It's not yet China. With Speaking of the Roman we're not Empire. not there yet. Like the China social credit system that you... North Korea. ...video if you don't recycle something and then you get credit deductions and then your capacity to borrow money is reduced. and uh, yeah. Everything is all you. Yeah, you. In other in other time periods, any sort of prosperity or wealth had to be gifted to you, mm. or you had to be born with the right based on last name. Mm. This is the one country where you can come from the bottom of the world and rise all the way to the top. Still, and there's countless stories of that, yeah. and they never end. But why aren't why isn't the media promoting those stories? Why are those not the stories that you hear about constantly? No, no, no. It's actually the exact opposite. They're telling you why something's impossible. They're telling you you're too stupid to go get a driver's license, so we need to make it easier for you to be able to cast a vote. 
Like, it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. to me, it's insulting to think that... Well, they paint them as victims. These that's poor, my point. These poor people are victims, and they need our help. And yeah, yeah, but this is a huge question that could go on and on, this whole idea of why do humans, men particularly, as, as it seems... So, yeah, let's wrap that Think thought. about the Roman Empire. There's a lot of reasons. <laughs> we we just went to a lot place. of places over that one question. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. It was fun. It's fun to muse. And, and you know what? I've always said this. I could be wrong, and that's not me backing down or anything. Like, I'm always up for learning. Like, I'm firm in my beliefs because yeah. I've explored so up, many thoughts. Yeah. I think about things. Like, I go down rabbit holes. Yeah. I know what works for me. I know what works around the people that I admire. As they get to the places they want to get in life, I'm around some of the wealthiest people in the world, quite literally. I'm around some of the most influential people in the world, quite literally. And in my observation, in my proximity near to those types of giants, they understand a set of rules that you don't, period. End of story. They play by a different set of rules, they, but they're not smarter. This, they're not gifted with more, and yeah, they weren't born with more. This agency ownership freedom piece, they all value it. That's it. They own, that's you true. Gotta, you got to achieve your own ownership. You have the and freedom. that's another thing. This most of, most of the people that came from rags to riches, they have the exact same alignment of mindset with us. It's yeah. kind of a fake notion yeah. that's made by fake news media yeah. that people really abide by the socialist mentality because they don't. They don't. If they do, they're playing a game to fit the narrative of Hollywood and the powerful media yeah. control that they have to abide by for whatever political reason. Yeah, yeah. But the truth is, is they abide by the same practices that all rich people do. Really extremely rich people, they all follow the same rules. And they all secretly believe the same thing. The thing is they just manipulate laws so they don't affect them. They're called loopholes. They create yeah, loopholes yeah. for them they, yeah, that yeah. you don't have to abide by or, or that you have to abide by. Yeah. yeah, as they should. And they don't. <laughs> yeah. But it's seeing like, who was it? I think it was... Uh, it was oh, it was our boy. It was David Chappelle that's, that that had a skit. Maybe I can pull it up real quick. Do you mind if I try before no, we end? It. Yeah, we'll wrap. But up this up. was really good. So, what, a comment on something. It was on. It was a David. Let's see. It was it was on? That wasn't it. Well, Go back. I it was on one. Trump. There it is. There it is. Second one. Let's have a look at Chappelle's analysis of Trump on SNL. This is it. Now, okay, I see how oh, I remember this one. Why I why Trump was so popular, but I, I get it because I hear it every day. It's very love. And the reason he's loved is because that first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. If you exactly. analyze that, though, for just a hot second, like, the system is rigged, and it's the system that you guys set up that I'm partaking in. Mm -hmm. Everyone who understands it partook, including Hillary and Barack themselves. They feigned like it wasn't, yeah. Exactly. 
That's how he knows. How do you know it's rigged? Because I partake in it. And he gave money to the left and the right his entire career, yeah, by the way. Yeah. There's famous photos with him with every famous person in the world, yeah. every every liberal on planet Earth, and then he comes out and speaks his mind, and they, oh, you're instantly a racist. It's all crap. Yeah. I mean, but he was the one guy that sort of exposed, from my perspective, things that were like kind of hidden handshakes behind the scenes. Shh, don't tell anything. He was the one guy that sort of dropped a bomb in that. Because he's the only one that ever talked about stuff like this. And David Chappelle yeah. is exactly right. No one's ever said that. No one ever said, I use the systems. I know it's rigged. It's rigged against the middle class. Yeah. It's rigged against the American people. And who it hurts most is the lower class and, and middle class. Because it keeps them trapped in, in slaves, literally, to the government for the rest of their lives. They are now dependent on government the rest of their lives. They do not teach winning in school. They do not teach money in school. They do not teach personal development in school. They teach you how to be a slave, period. Mm. And you wonder why we're talking about the Roman Empire. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man on a mission.